What's up? It's Delaney, and I'd love to invite you to become an honorary co-host of the Self-Helpless Podcast. Do you want to pick episode topics and guests? Done. Want to surprise your loved ones with shout-outs on the show for a birthday, project launch, a much-needed divorce? Whatever you're up to, would love to be a part of the celebration. Get your favorite and least favorite quotes featured on the podcast, submit questions for our special guests, and find lots more new features and surprises at patreon.com slash selfhelpless. You'll also get added to our patron insider email list to easily redeem rewards via a quick email reply because we know hanging out on Patreon isn't everyone's thing. You can also opt out of emails if you prefer to be a silent supporter of the show. And don't worry, we do not Scrooge McDuck these contributions. 100% of proceeds go directly to operating expenses that make this weekly podcast possible and available to all. Learn more at patreon.com selfhelpless or simply click the link in this episode's description. Thank you for helping me fill the void of being the last standing host of the Self Helpless Podcast. Thank you so much. <laughs> That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm -mm -mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. Welcome to another episode of Self Helpless. I'm Taylor Tomlinson. I'm Kelsey Cook. I'm Delaney Fisher. And today we are talking about a book that I started reading and I was like, well, this is changing my whole entire life. God damn it. (laughs) Um, I think we have to do an episode on it. It is called Getting the Love You Want, A Guide for Couples by Harvell Hendricks and Helen LaKelly Hunt. They are uh, professional therapists who are also a married couple. And this, yeah, this is, I mean, buckle up, everybody. This this shit is bananas. Uh, It's like getting a basketball lesson from Michael Jordan. I mean, it's like, what, (laughs) who else do you want teaching you about relationships than a married couple who's also, they're both marriage therapists. Like that's as good as it gets. (laughs) That's exactly right. And they're, it's their, it's both of their second marriage too. So oh, it's like, they, which relatable. is kind of the plot thickens. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, I think that sometimes you, you get advice from your friends who have been like happily married since they were 19. <laughs> Dustin. Dustin. <laughs> and you're kind of like, yeah, this is great. But also you've never had your heart broken even one time, you know? So I like that they're like, yes, we have this great relationship, but also we know how it feels to get divorced and have one fall apart. And it's very hard. And I just, you know, I think it's great. So we have a few quotables. Uh, Do you want to read the helpster submitted quotable? Yes, I do. So this is, um, this is from our helpster Rose. Uh, It is no one sees what you see, even if they see it too. Ooh. Ooh, that is a mindfuck. I like that. And it's yeah. not attributed to anybody in particular, but um, I like that a lot. I like that a lot. Mm-hmm. I really, really like that a lot. Even like, do you guys ever just look at yourself in the mirror and you're like, or like you look at a picture of yourself and you're like, oh, I guess that's what I look like. But you will never see yourself objectively. Totally. So, so do it's really impossible. Here's if you really want to ruin your entire day and just have your brain absolutely scrambled. If you go on TikTok, there's a filter oh. that have you done this where it mirrors your face? No, uh, inverted the inverted the filter. inverted filter. What? So you can see what you look like to other, other people. people. Oh no, weird. Would not recommend. I, I don't mean, want to look not. at myself like I'm outside of my body. That sounds very strange. It feels like you, it's like a virtual hologram or something. <laughs> it's so weird because you get so used to seeing your face the way you see it in a mirror. And pff, I look really different. <laughs> yeah. It's really, it's really jarring. Um, has anyone done this on TikTok? I'm sure they probably have. 
But has anyone done it on TikTok where they talk about the inverted filter and then they talk about the fact that like we did that when we were kids, or at least I did, where you would you would use the bathroom mirrors yes. to do that? Has someone yes. already done a video of that? Someone must have. I'm sure someone must have. It's so, but that used to be to see what your pro, for me, it was like to see what your profile looked like. You know it what I mean? It doesn't invert you. It doesn't invert. Yeah, that's true. I guess just, I hadn't seen like straight on like that. Just like your face oh, flipped and it is a weird feeling. It is super weird. It's super weird to see you, you inverted staring straight back at you. And you're like, oh, is this what I've been putting out into the world? Yeah, no fucking thanks. I am avoiding that at all costs. Hence, I am not on the TikTok. Oh, I, Delaney, I thought you got off of Instagram to get onto TikTok. I thought that was the whole Can plan. You imagine? <laughs> oh, yeah. We oh, wish God. you were on TikTok. It's so fun. I, st- I love that you still guys, you send me TikTok videos still and I can look at them. So that's fun. That's true. That's yeah. true. Yeah. Um, I've been sending Delaney TikToks of like bathtubs, bathtubs, tree like, houses, <laughs> yeah, calming things. Taylor's really trying to lure me into it. Kelsey will send me like hot tips for stuff. Like this is all I need. Mm-hmm. I need like the best friend filter to send me the shit that I actually want to see. Then I don't see the re- the other stuff. Well, that's yeah. what happens on TikTok. Is it the algorithm is so good it just starts to give you what you're already watching. I have it's my really own filter. I you would have the most peaceful feed on TikTok. Yeah. <laughs> That's true. I was like, this is curated. By I have a human algorithm. They, yeah. you're, you're more intentional and thoughtful than the machine. Um, oh, yeah. I have a couple other quotables that are from the book because as with any great self-help book, they start every chapter um, with a quote, a quotable. Uh So this one is from Carl Jung. It says, seldom or never does a marriage develop into an individual relationship smoothly without crisis. There is no birth of consciousness without pain. Oof. Yeah. Deep. Isn't that good? There is no birth of consciousness without pain. That hurts. And then the other one is, uh, this is from, I shouldn't have picked this one because I'm going to butcher the name. Uh, Shirdi Shirdi Sai Baba. I'm so sorry. It's A S H I R D I. I've never, never heard you sound less confident about anything in your I've entire life. Less wow, I'm so sorry. Um, yeah, I, whatever. Just Google the quote. It's really good. Before you speak, ask yourself: Is it kind? Is it necessary? Is it true? Does it improve on the silence? Mm delicious it's a lot of does it improve on the silence i mean my god that's a lot of (laughs) pressure up against silence it's like silence is pretty good stop talking out of your ass is basically (laughs) what that quote is saying stop being an asshole and stop being dumb how about that (laughs) (laughs) i mean a lot of these a lot of these can be a lot of these can be said that way Uh, i like it what is that that first one was about individuating the relationship does that mean like your the relationship becomes its own entity is that what Mm -hmm. that first one meant okay that makes sense um by the way you can submit quotables to get featured on the show at our patreon account patreon.com slash so yes well done well (laughs) done all right let's get into it here yes um, much like the book we've talked about attached on this show, uh, this book really just really makes you come to terms with the fact that you're just trying to date your mom and dad. Uh, that's really <laughs> what you're trying to do. Uh, your choice of life partner is influenced by your hidden childhood desires. So unconsciously, we're all trying to recreate our childhood environment and nowhere is this more clear than at the beginning of a relationship. Like in the early days, people tend to treat <laughs> each other like babies. They're like, Ooh, your skin is so soft. Look how cute your ears are. That's so embarrassing to read because I fully have done that. I'm like, Oh my God, your ears are so soft. And it's like, this is, these are unhealed wounds. Normal first date behavior for you is just like, yeah, gently rubbing the lobe of their ear oh between God. your two fingers. Like, little, little lobe touch. It's that is pretty gross. Uh, I mean, think about the names you call each other. You know, baby, teddy bear. These are things from when you're a kid. Ugh. Um, from our childhood, we create an image in our head of an ideal caregiver. 
uh, or an imago figure, as we'll learn. The imago technique is what they talk about in the book. Um, so it's someone who resembles our parents and meets our needs. Uh, the imago figure influences us when selecting a partner. We're also attracted to opposites. Basically, we're trying to find the partner who has traits that we lost when we entered adulthood. And these oh. relationships work because of the sense of wholeness. One is messy, the other's neat. One is too serious, the other is a jokester. So that was something that I thought was really interesting where the book talks about this idea of like your lost self. So like things that you repressed in childhood because of whatever, you know, like right. if as a kid you like weren't allowed to, I don't know, be super loud or something. And so you had to learn to be really quiet. Like you might be attracted to a partner who's really like extroverted and loud and outgoing. Right. And in a way you're trying to like get that part of yourself back that you mm -hmm. lost when wow. you were a kid, which I've definitely done in relationships or I haven't noticed. I'm like, why am I so attracted to someone? I don't, I'm so opposite of in this way, or I don't have this big thing in common with. And it's like, that's the right. reason because you can't do it by yourself. So you see it in someone else. Um, right. But yeah, the I, I have highlighted so much in this book. So excuse me if I read too much. Uh, but the goal, a lot of people's goal unconsciously in their relationship is to experience with the partner the same sensations they experienced with their caretakers and then assign their partner the task of making it happen. Like, okay, partner, I expect you to satisfy the unmet emotional needs that I brought from childhood. Jesus. No so pressure. not only yeah. are you like, <laughs> let's be in love, take care. You're literally like, fix what happened to me right. when yeah. I was a kid. Yes. Remind me enough of my dad that if you do the thing he didn't do, I might be okay. Mm. Oh Lord. Yikes. Yeah. We pick the partner. We pick the partner that reminds us of them to re-experience old feelings that we could so that we can then heal the sadness and pain from the past. Which mm. is a lot to unpack, guys. Oh a my lot. God. Like there's a there's an example in the book too about uh a guy who's like wife says she's going to be at home when he gets off of work and we'll have dinner made, et cetera. And when he gets home, there's a note that says like, Oh, I'm, I'm late at work. I'm I had to stay late at work, you know, eat without me or whatever. And then a couple days later, he notices he still feels um, resentful and like sort of distant and cold towards her and doesn't like realize why and it says, days later, you might be puzzled by your reaction. You know your wife has a demanding job, just like you do, since she had to work overtime as well. So why are you so upset with her? Why do you feel betrayed? Outside your awareness, her absence triggered feelings you had decades ago when you were being raised by working parents. And like, so it's just reminding you of when you were a kid, like your past worms its way into your present making you overreact to your wife's late homecoming to your old brain. You were experiencing the same sense of abandonment you had felt growing up. Mm -hmm. yeah. 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 Is there anything that you guys feel comfortable sharing that you have noticed in relationships that maybe you, um, react to in a way that has made you go, Oh, where did that come from? And then later you realize oh, that made me feel this way or reminded me of this experience when I was a kid, even though it's not that and it's completely different. Oh, yeah. 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 You want to you share, Del? Yeah, I have some like some positive stuff. I think like I, I love and admire that Cam is like so kind of stable. <laughs> like he's very, he has like a conventional job. He likes it. He's very dependable. There's not a whole lot of like insane up and down surprises. It like I, it's just I can count on him, you know, every day. Yeah, and um, I really feel like that way about my dad. Like I always know where my dad's gonna be. He's over there in this one spot, you know. Like this is <laughs> he's in the garage. Yeah, yeah, and and um, I always kind of like that. I remember, and then. Um, the 
any kind of yelling or um, argumentative behavior really triggers me bad um, to like mm-hmm. other parts of my childhood where I was witnessing, you know, arguing or was scared of it or even had to felt like I had to try to intervene, you know, like, so that if somebody is yelling uh, around me or at me, it's adios. I have shut down and gone to another planet and I'll talk to you when you're out of this shit. Um, So I'm not taking it as this is, this is like an isolated incident that my partner is expressing. This feels like a much bigger deal to me. And I know I'm like conscious of it, that it's from childhood. Mm. Yeah. Say, I, I don't do well with yelling. Um, neither of my parents are yellers. Like they, they did not yell at me. And so um, I have never been drawn to people that are like super like angry or like reactive or um, yeah, I just, that shit is not a turn on to me. I feel like there's some, I don't want to speak for everybody, but there are some girls I think who I see are really into the really tough guy that wants to kick somebody's ass. And they're like, yeah, get him, babe. You know, like <laughs> right. that is not a turn on to me at all. Somebody who's getting into physical altercation, you know, it's like, uh, I ugh, hate that. Dude, I broke up with somebody after they got into a fight. There was yeah. a literal wow. fist fight, and I said that I'm no, I don't, I don't date people who do this. So sorry. Wow. And that's I, like I, the fist- opposite of masculine to me. Yeah, I think some it, dudes look at it as like I'm so macho, like I'm gonna like you know beat the shit out of this guy. And to me, that's just like it's fragile. It's so it's fragile like, that like you're that reactive that you feel the need to do that. Right, and of yeah. course, you can't control yeah. yourself. Self defense is different than like you're getting in a petty argument and it escalates, which is what this was. And I was like. Mm-mm nope not into it thank you right right i i noticed an example i have is um i noticed that when i was on the road all the time and this happened in a couple relationships of mine i noticed that i was starting to panic a lot when i was going on the road and i was going to be away from my partner and it had nothing to do with my partner and feeling like secure with my partner. It was just that it reminded me of being a kid and like the the one place I felt really um, like at peace and safe and accepted was like my grandparents' house, which I went to like three times a year. And I think it was like weirdly reminding me of that. Like anytime I felt really safe, happy at home, with my partner and then I would like have to leave. It would feel like being like ripped away from this very comfortable, safe place. And that I would have to like emotionally kind of cut myself off so that I could, you know, go do what I need to do and then come back, which I didn't make the connection between those two things. Cause it's not even really a bad thing. It was like a nice a nice place that I had growing up. But whenever I was really, really happy in a relationship, I always felt like, okay, I can only be here for a little bit and then I'm gonna have to go somewhere else or I'm going to lose it. And even when I wasn't losing it, even just being away and going on the road and being like far away and traveling would like trigger it. And I had to like get to a place where I, I acknowledged that. So it wasn't, it wasn't so much of an issue. And I wasn't like, reacting to it uh in my old brain like a child yeah. where you're just like panicky and you're like what's going on there right yeah. right yeah um okay so getting into the next part of the book couples can fall out of love when they see personality traits that echo a parent's character unfortunately as people begin to notice previously hidden traits they fall out of love with their partner Um, For example, those who have an alcoholic parent tend to end up with a partner with an addiction of some sort. Um, For example, take Catherine and Bernard, who were clients of the author. During the couple's therapy sessions, it was revealed that Catherine's father often experienced silent depressive episodes. Bernard was a quiet man, too, and also retreated in long periods of silence. This similarity to her father led led Catherine to choose him as a partner. When they began to argue over daily issues, his silence angered her and placed a strain on their relationship. Uh, 
yeah, I mean, mm -hmm. that makes sense. Kim and um, I have talked a lot about how I like for me, I see positive aspects of my mom and my dad in him. Um, but we really talk about how sometimes it feels like he's very similar to my dad and I'm a lot like his mom. <laughs> and so like um, we made that connection pretty early on. We're like, this is kind of a little bit weird if we think about it just a little bit too much. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's creepy. A bit creepy. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I think it's interesting that you're, you know, you're recreating something that you're familiar with. I mean, we're attracted to familiarity because uh, just pure survival. We already, we know what this is. We know how to deal with it. We know how to handle it. Right. So it's like, right. it makes sense. Like, okay, this isn't going to kill me because I've already been through this shit. So let me right. just keep going for this, you know, over and yeah. over. Right. right. And it makes sense that you would then be unattracted to it. I've definitely, I've definitely been in relationships where, you know, one or both of us is appreciative of, and like, like you said, kind of goes like, oh, you're really similar to my mom or dad or whatever in this way. And then three months later, it's like, this is what my mom did, you know? <laughs> yeah. This is mm -hmm. what my dad would do. Like it becomes a whole mm -hmm. other thing and yeah. not this like funny, funny uh, observation. <laughs> Right. right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's interesting. I w it's so weird because it seems like whether you experienced it a lot as a kid or you experienced the opposite, you can still be attracted to it. So it's like, what makes the difference whether you're attracted to the complete opposite of what you had? Like Kelsey mentioned, yeah. attra being attracted to people who don't yell because that isn't what she experienced. Where, right. you know, yeah, it, I guess, oh, yes, we're both turned off by it, but for different reasons. Right. You're turned off by it because you did experience it. I'm turned right. off by it because that's not what I grew up around. And right, it's don't. weird. It's not familiar to me. Right. So I'm not a like when I see it happening, I'm like, ugh, don't like this. Right. And I guess it's familiar to me, but in, in not a good way. So I'm like, I know, right. I know what this is and I'm gonna run from this. <laughs> right. Right. Oh, interesting. Um, so people are often looking for ways out of a relationship, but don't consciously realize it. People are always finding activities to do separately, though it might not be direct. It is a reason to avoid their partner in disguise as an activity. Why do partners avoid each other in the first place? One reason is that subconsciously they see each other as mortal enemies. The moment our Imago match doesn't live up to expectations, our subconscious associates a partner with pain. But like, also, don't you just need alone time sometimes doing your own shit? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> sometimes you need alone time. Right. They, they were talking about specific examples in the book of like couples who aren't happy anymore. So they just stay really, really busy all the time. So uh -huh. they're never really together, gotcha. which I think we've all seen people do that. Or we have people in our families who, who live that way where you're like, oh, you guys both go to your jobs all day. And then you both have stuff at night and then you make plans and then there are kids involved and you really don't ever have to even talk to each other or spend time together that much. Right. Like you just stay, you stay distracted or busy and you know, that could be a way of avoiding each other. If you're having, if you are having relationship issues. Right. Um, well, I think that's why there were a lot of couples experiencing issues during the pandemic this past year, because suddenly couples who may have been using work as an escape were now thrust into one apartment, one household, whatever, all day together. And it's like, oh, well, <laughs> you're going to be face to face with some issues then sometimes. Right. All those distractions removed. Right. Yes, absolutely. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. 
That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Um, again, I've underlined so much in this book. So excuse me if I'm going through this. But no, um, one thing I underlined that I think is so interesting is people don't get involved in a love relationship to satisfy their partner's needs. They do so to further their own psychological and emotional well-being. Once a relationship seems secure, a switch is triggered deep in the old brain that activates their latent childhood wishes. It is as if the wounded child within takes over, says the child, I've been good enough, long enough to ensure that this person is going to stay around for a long time. It's time for the payoff. Oh, so, you know, in the beginning, you know, in the beginning, everyone's trying really hard to right. be great and block you down. And then once everybody feels safe, it's like, yeah. Okay, I'm gonna be a kid now. All right, now I want you to fix me. I I really yeah. I did a really good job, and now I want a lollipop on the way out of the doctors. <laughs> right. It's yeah. so you it makes you feel so like immature reading that stuff, but you're also like, oh shit, like that's absolutely correct. They talk about the stages of the power struggle in a relationship. Uh, when you and your partner are immersed in a power struggle, you have little sense of when it all started or how it will end. But from an outside perspective, the power struggle has a predictable course, one that parallels the well-documented stages of grief in a bereaved person. First comes the shock, that moment of truth when a window opens and a troubling thought enters your consciousness. This is not the person I married. They tricked me. After the shock comes denial uh, your disappointment is so great that you do your best to see your partner's negative traits in a positive light. My partner does not lack compassion. She is simply preoccupied with her own needs. But eventually, the denial cannot be sustained <laughs> and you feel angry. If you stay together beyond the angry stage of the power struggle, you enter the fourth stage, bargaining. If you stop drinking so much, I'll be more interested in sex. If you make an effort to treat my mother more kindly, I'll go on more fishing trips with you. And the last stage of the power struggle is despair. When couples reach this final juncture, they have no hope of finding joy or happiness within the relationship. The pain has gone on too long. At this point, half of couples abandon the relationship and those who stay together create what is called a parallel relationship and try to find their happiness outside the partnership, which is a good example of what we were just talking about with being too busy for each other. So it's like, okay, I'm going to find other, a parallel ha- relationship. And that doesn't always mean like cheating. I think it could also just be like, oh, it's going to be my relationship with my kids. It's going to be me at the PTA. It's going to be me over here doing my career. Like, right. it's not going to happen with you. Right. So I feel like playful bargaining is okay though, right? Because it's like sometimes Cam will be like, if you rub my head for 15 minutes, I will deliver you a burrito. And I'm like, fuck yeah, give me that head, baby. And like, it's fine. This is yeah. a transaction and I am okay with it. You know? Yeah, I think yeah. that's different. Their examples were so funny. It's like, how about you just be nice to my mom and we leave fishing out of the equation entirely? <laughs> right. How about you just be right. decent? How about that? How about right. that? Come on, guys. Yes. Um, there are 10 characteristics of a conscious partnership that they talk about. A conscious partnership is a relationship that is mutually supportive and fosters the psychological and spiritual growth of both individuals. So it's when both partners focus on the relationship as primary. Okay. So number one is you realize that your love relationship has a hidden purpose to help you overcome the limitations of your childhood. Great. The unconscious purpose of marriage is to finish childhood. Again, a little creepy, but true. Mm. Yeah, Uh, sure. Number two, you create a more accurate image of your partner. You see that your partner is neither your savior nor your adversary, but another human being struggling to be happy and connected. One of the things that Delaney said on, it must have been in the first 10 episodes of this podcast that I think of all the time, is just Delaney at one point going, we're all just broken people. running around hurting each other and it's just sad like (laughs) we were talking about dating or something (laughs) and I think about it literally all the time I think about it in every fight I get into 
oh, with a partner. Yes. I'm glad that is your biggest takeaway from me. I really, I, that's a good one. <laughs> that's that's a people. <laughs> so true. Hurt oh. people hurt people. Yeah. Hurt people hurt people. Man. Yeah. You got to handle your own shit or else you're just going to be shitty to everybody else. Yeah. You man. really are. Number three, you learn to ask for what you want using sender responsibility for communicating your needs and desires to your partner. It means you say things in a concise way with a kind tone of voice, a soft look in your eyes using I messages. That is a lot to do. That's like rubbing your stomach and patting your head at the same time. Yeah, what is a soft look in your eyes, kind voice. (laughs) Jesus, this is science fiction esque. Number four, you move from reactive living to proactive living. So you're not reacting without thinking. Uh, You are employing new brain responses and becoming intentional in your interactions. Uh, Number five, you learn to value your partner's needs and wishes as well as your own. Number six, you focus on keeping the relationship safe at all times. You replace negativity with affirming positive behaviors to establish the safety necessary for growth and healing. Number seven, you find new ways to satisfy your basic needs and desires. Uh, When you create a more conscious partnership, you discover that your partner can indeed be a resource for you once you abandon your own self-defeating tactics. Number eight, you shift from judgment to curiosity about your partner. You shift from judgment to curiosity about your partner in order to discover their unique internal world. That one I circled in a box because... (laughs) That is so good. Like mm. to to think of it that way of like, okay, I'm not I'm not going to judge the person I'm with anymore. I'm just gonna be really curious about them, you know? Like right. yeah. why did you lie to me? <laughs> <laughs> why are you the way that you are? <laughs> why are you the way that you are? I hate so much about the things you choose to be. <laughs> Them like Toby. Um, yeah. <laughs> number nine, you become more aware of your drive to be loving and united with the connecting energies of the universe. And number 10, you accept the difficulty of creating a lasting love relationship. In an unconscious partnership, you believe that the way to have a good relationship is to fall in love with the perfect mate. But in a conscious mm-hmm. partnership, you realize you must be the right partner. And then fix them. Okay. <laughs> uh, uh, it's weird oh to think about, though, that for our partner, like, I'm helping Kim with his childhood shit in a way, which is a weird thing to think about. Like, what am I bringing to the table that he needs from back in the day? That's a very strange thought. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Do you, do someone want to read uh, the three-step approach to non-judgmental listening? Sure. Yeah. Um, okay, so communication is key and listening is part of that. Some steps to take to show that you are listening, but also ensuring that your partner's words are important to you. Number one, uh, mirroring, try paraphrasing or restating what your partner is telling you. Number two, validating, show your partner you understand their reasoning. And number three, empathizing, show you understand how your partner is feeling. We talked about that a bit. (laughs) Yeah, we talked about that a little bit in um, the the episode called uh, You're Not Listening. Yeah, the importance the importance of listening and and all of that yeah yeah this is good oh sorry go ahead oh no you go ahead go ahead i was just gonna say this is an interesting section the gift giving improves relationships because both partners secretly expect it (laughs) oh oh yeah interesting um your partners or caregivers met your needs unconditionally when you were a baby i mean if that's if we had you know if everybody had good parents I guess right and thus people grow up expecting the same from a partner yes we are essentially asking our partners to be mind readers by giving us what we want or need here is when communication comes in handy talking about your needs and comfort can ultimately help your relationship with your partner they are not mind readers and letting them know you would like a bath ready when coming home might help you in that they would do it out of love for you but you just have to be vocal about it it doesn't matter whether a giver truly cares or is just going through the motions the receiver feels loved regardless because the giver is focusing energy on them uh, that sounds like that one was made specifically for you it's <laughs> like oh and you, know, you wrote that best. one yeah <laughs> that's a good one i like it i like it a lot 
Yeah. <laughs> I like the part about uh, it doesn't matter if they're just going through the motions or not. I mean, yeah. yeah. Honestly, yeah, just are. be good at pretending. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> Can you just do that? Yeah, Cam's really good at like gifts very regularly in the sense that he surprises me with food, he does make baths, things like that. And then I feel like I'm maybe better about the bigger gifts or something, you know, like the bigger gifts, like milestone type stuff. Mm-hmm. But basically, mm. I don't know. I feel like Cam's better at it, to be honest. <laughs> Cam's yeah. really good at it. Cam, Cam is really, really good. good at it. Yeah. Cam made yeah. a salmon like four years ago. And I, I can still, still taste it. Talk about it. Yeah. <laughs> but potatoes and asparagus. I remember oh that. Oh my God. So well. That's so funny that you remember. <laughs> I think blue potatoes. Blue potatoes. Blue potatoes. Blue potatoes. Oh, you're right. The purple potato. Purple wow, potatoes. It was that. so good. I got to tell man, Cam that he Compliments to the chef. Memorable I dinner. Mean, Chef's before, kiss. Before the vegan kiss happened. <laughs> Chef's kiss. Yes. Um, there's a part where they talk about uh, criticism. And I really like it when, I mean, obviously I picked that quotable earlier. I like it when um, you you read things that, that tell you how to like kind of talk yourself down in situations by asking yourself a bunch of questions. Because I feel like this is what I do with myself all the time. Um so they talk about, uh, you know, somebody being in a fight with their partner and a way that you can, you can work through that is, uh, you can write down your criticism of your partner on a piece of paper. For example, you're always so disorganized and then answer the following questions. How do I feel when my partner asks, acts this way? What thoughts do I have when my partner acts this way? What deeper feelings might underlie these thoughts and feelings? And did I ever have these thoughts and feelings when I was a child? Mm-hmm. Again. Good question. So great. Buried so in her good. criticism, buried in the criticism of your partner, therefore is a plaintive cry from childhood. Why can't someone take care of me? I have literally said that. <laughs> Fuck my inner child. I have actually said that, I think. So many where I'm just like, I literally just want someone to take care of me. Like, I will take care of you back, but that's all I want. Right. Just take care of me. So good. I mean, come on. Um, something else. Use container transactions to express rage harmlessly. Getting angry is normal and part of being human, but it's when you start turning your anger into rage that when your relationship can be at risk. So using container transactions can help. The steps above are great examples of container transactions. Uh, This subdues the anger by allowing the partner to express it, okay? So another container container transaction is acting out the same fights you are having and discussing it. Um, So, you know, acting out the same fights you keep having. This approach involves taking harmful arguments and finding ways to rewrite them. It can be especially useful for couples caught in a loop arguing over the same issues over and over again. Well, that's so smart. It is smart. So like re- reenacting an argument like in therapy? Yeah. Or just yeah. in general? I mean, I think either, but yeah. um, huh. that's so smart because when you're in those sort of loop arguments, if as a couple you have the same fights over and over, once you get into it, it's like you're tapped into a different part of your brain that's not even really pausing to think about things. You're just reacting and reacting and reacting. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I think that's, that's cool that when you're both calm to really rewrite it together. Yeah. yeah that is yeah. a good idea. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, very good. Um, okay. Picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. 
Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Go ahead, Dal. Oh, um, changing your personality and shedding your ego is a sign of love and will help you grow as a person. Love in any other relationship is all about compromising. If you are not growing with your partner, the relationship will have many issues. Making changes to suit your partner, of course, doesn't mean you need to become a completely different person. Rather, a readiness to make a change, like being more emotionally supportive, is what's important. The fact that you make an effort is the best sign of love for a partner. Yeah, I would say, yeah, not changing personality, but just like altering your behavior a little bit to like, you know, meet whatever need that they have. Um, And like, not not changing, just like accommodating. Right, exactly. Absolutely. And like shedding your ego, like, yeah, maybe I feel stupid when I have to do this thing for my partner, but I know it's what they like and what they want. Like, you know, kind of talking about love languages in a way. Um, it's like, look, does it f- does it feel weird for some people to like give somebody else words of affirmation? Maybe, but if that's their partner's love language and that's how they like to receive love, just sucking it up and doing it is going to make a big difference in your relationship, you know? Like that makes a lot of sense and just being willing to say I'm sorry and you know, apologize. That's huge too. I feel like. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, so in conclusion, as is the conclusion for many things we've talked about on the show, honor the child inside of you. If you want to know who you really are, imagine speaking to yourself as a child, what would you say and do to make them feel happy? Your inner child is your most essential self. And also, do not entertain the thought or idea that love should change your life. You want it to provide for you what you think you cannot give yourself. Stability, security, hope, happiness. And this is when loving yourself first comes in. Mm -hmm. Couldn't agree more. Love that. Love that. So good. So good. Gosh, I mean, honestly, I feel like we should all read that conclusion every morning to ourselves. Mm -hmm. Truly. Mm -hmm. Like Absolutely. honor your inner child and don't entertain the thought or idea that love should change your life in a way that like you can't, um, you know, give these things yourself. Yeah. yeah. It's a lot of pressure really to put on good. any sort of mortal partner. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but <laughs> until we get the robots going. Ah. So we have an <laughs> iTunes review of the episode. Yes. You want to read it, Tay? Sure. This is from Fire Medic 2816. New listener, kind of upset I didn't find this amazing podcast earlier. I've heard the three amazing ladies on other pods and comedy shows, but kept forgetting to download. The dynamic trio constantly releasing amazing episodes. I am going through the backlog now. They are funny, insightful, soul-bearing, unashamed. I eagerly look forward to the next pod. Uh, Makes the long miles in the big rig seem not so bad. Every day may not be good, but there is something good in every day. Happy mental health to everyone. Thank you, ladies. Keep up the amazing work. Thank you so much. Thank you. iTunes review. (laughs) That was really a very kind review. And they added a quotable that I like. Every day may not be good, but there is something good in every day. Yeah, I love that. That is a good quotable. Mm -hmm. Thank you very much. Um, we, we continue to be on the top charts on iTunes, which is just really, really cool. And truly you guys leaving iTunes ratings and reviews helps us not only stay on there, but keep moving up. So as always, please, if you have a second, just look at your phone right now, you can click that fifth star and help us a ton. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A lot you of people two... find the show oh. that way, which is cool. Yeah. You two have, uh, segments you want to do before we wrap up? Um, what do you got, you Kim? You know, I don't, I don't think so, to be honest, if, if that's okay to just completely you know, skip me this just, time. I just don't really have a specific segment. I, uh, I'm just doing a lot of little things preparing for my elopement, uh, this mm-hmm. spring, which has been really nice. Like it, you know, it went from basically, you know, we postponed our wedding to really not doing much, you know, planning or celebrating of any kind, you know, in quarantine. Yeah. So now it's like I ordered a little dried wildflower bouquet for myself. I'm trying to practice like different hair and makeup styles. Like, what can I do by myself uh, the morning of my elopement day? It's very limited, but I will find I will find something. Um, And yeah, I, I ordered a really cool gift for Cam to surprise him on our 
on our day, which I'll send to you guys. Uh, oh, I'm excited. I'll, I'll loop you in on that. And um, yeah, I've just been, not, it's just been nice. It's been pleasant because we've, I mean, we've been engaged for uh, how long? Over, over a year, right? Well, yeah, a year, coming up on a year and a half maybe. And we really wow. haven't been able to do much for it. So yeah, that's my good shit segment. Yeah. This, this week. Can't believe you've been engaged for a year. That's so nuts. Yeah, I we know. got engaged like last November. Yeah, like that, over right? a year. Wow. Yeah, that's crazy. You're in, you're in a few months or so. So wow. it's been it's been fun to finally feel like we're planning something. Yeah, yeah. That's gonna be Yay. awesome. Yay! Yeah. How about you, Tay? I have. Uh, I don't know what segment this would fall under, um, but I have kind of a sad announcement um that I've been very nervous about um and Kelsey and Delaney already know it it's not like I'm like oh my god that right would drop it can, you can you imagine <laughs> <laughs> I was like and anyway um yeah I Sorry. I I talked to Kelsey and Delaney uh over the weekend and and the three of us have had this talk a few times and I think if you guys Remember this time last year, there was a podcast episode where I talked about the fact that I was going to be stepping back and maybe being on less episodes. And that was the case for, I think, a couple months um, leading up to my special coming out. And then, you know, luckily there was a pandemic. So then <laughs> I had plenty of time to be on the podcast, sometimes twice a week. I mean, we really just yeah. went, Boy, we went hard. hard for a while. Mm-hmm. So it was like I got like overtime. Um and in, you know, in the last, whatever, six months or whatever, that, that things have started getting busy again, um, it, it has become uh, clearer and clearer to me that I, I just don't have the bandwidth to be on the podcast every week um, for a, a variety of reasons. Uh, and it's, you know, it's very hard. It's a tough decision for, for a lot of reasons. Um, mostly because I just, I look, you guys, the only reason I wanted to do this podcast is to make sure Kelsey and Delaney would be my friends forever. And I feel like now that that has been accomplished, I can go. Secured. Um, Secured. secured, Friendship secured. Um, You're like Thanos. You like caught the jewels. And now you're like, I'm snapping my fingers. I'm gone. Yeah. Um, no, it's really hard. I mean, you guys, the listeners are, are, you know, you're amazing and you've come to so many shows and you feel like you know us and we feel like we know you and um, getting to meet you guys over the years has been amazing. And like, obviously I will come back for episodes at times. Uh, I can't imagine like never, ever doing an episode again. I will, I'm sure make Kelsey and Delaney make, let me come on and talk about <laughs> Oh my god! A TikTok video I saw or something. I'm like, this would be a great episode. Um, but yeah, just where where I'm at right now uh, in my life and certain things I have going on, and um, uh, you know, for my own uh, mental health, um, it is it is for the best that I I am not uh, doing a podcast every week. So. Um, and I'm trying to step away from podcasting in general, not just not just uh, self helpless. I mean, we all three of us get a lot of requests to be on people's podcasts, and even that, I'm I'm trying to be a little more um, private. Uh, yeah. And this podcast has not been about that. It's been about the three of us sharing as much of us as we possibly can. And I'm I'm glad we have, and we all got to know each other and whatnot. But um, and we've connected with you guys so so deeply. But it's for me where I'm at in my life, I, I want to, I want to take a step back and have a little bit more privacy. And, uh, this is, that's a big part of this. And, um, Kelsey and Delaney have been very, very understanding and cool and accommodating over the last year or so while I have been the weakest link on this podcast. Oh my God. For sure. the They're going to say no, but I really have been. And every time, every time I've been like, you guys, I just shouldn't, this should just be your podcast. They're like, no, it's fine. You know, just keep doing 11% and we'll just oh keep God. picking up you better the stop it. 89. And I'm you like, are you sure? And they're like, it. for sure. We've got it. And it's been very, it's been impossible to, uh, to, to take a step back. Cause you know, I don't want to, I'd love to be able to 
you know, just be, be great and fine and all that. But, uh, that's, that's kind of the, the, the gist of it. And, uh, you know, I love you guys and I have loved doing this podcast and I am so glad that it's been such a huge part of the last almost four years Mm -hmm. of our lives. Mm -hmm. Um, it's, you know, January was our four year anniversary, the three of us, Mm -hmm. um, as a couple yeah, as a couple, as a thruple. <laughs> and uh, yeah. you know, it's been it's been very uh, rewarding and very special, and um, has brought a lot of joy to my life. And again, I feel like has really um, made it impossible for Kelsey and Delaney to leave me, <laughs> um, which has always been the goal. <laughs> Tied forever, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, you know how much we love you, and you can come back anytime, and we completely understand and support your decision and we would be very hypocritical uh if we were not supportive because this is a (laughs) fucking mental health podcast and you need to you need to do what's best for you and yeah your own your own wellness so you know it's it's gonna be it's just gonna be an interesting transition yeah yes it is gonna be an interesting transition but there are a lot of old episodes up you guys um you know so we I mean we've done over 200 episodes that's insane that's so insane yeah I mean I think in going forward there will be episodes that are just me and Delaney there will be ones with me and Delaney and a guest we might go back through our catalog of previous previous comedians we've had on that you as listeners seem to really love and really connect with and maybe they become kind of like rotating third co-hosts or whatever what? like no i'm kidding no. <laughs> <laughs> but you know like there's just the, the possibilities are endless for how we can move the show into this new chapter and we'll we'll try some things out and see see what sticks and what feels right and yeah. you are irreplaceable taylor yeah we know that we know that for sure Mm-hmm. thanks guys mm-hmm. fast forward to a month from now when i'm texting kelsey like what the <laughs> fuck why has so-and-so been on three episodes already you told me i was irreplaceable <laughs> our childhood through them taylor <laughs> <laughs> you're abandoning us taylor we have to oh my god to heal our trauma oh. now Oh, I know that's me working through some of my shit. I'm like, I'm the one abandoning people. And yet still it's, I'm still going to make everyone else feel bad. (laughs) (laughs) Oh gosh. I love you guys so much. I I love love everybody who has listened to the show and supported us and continues to do so. And I mean, you know, obviously the three of us are still very good friends and Delaney's abandoned us on Instagram and TikTok. So, (laughs) you know. Everybody's stepping away. Really, Kelsey's the only real one. <laughs> the only real one left. <laughs> the only one who's not a quitter. Uh, <laughs> we do know that about me. I am not a quitter. But I mean, but I also I I relate so much to to your feelings, Tay, about trying to find that balance in our careers with as we become more public, still wanting to find ways to relate to um relate to people and be vulnerable through podcasts, but do it in a way that we're comfortable with what we're sharing. And that's really hard. I mean, it is so different than when we started the podcast and um, yeah, it's uh, I don't know how long it's going to take for me to figure out what, what that balance is, but it is um, it's, it's hard for sure. Yeah. We were the most open books. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And it's fun. It's so fun in the moment because you're having a deep conversation with two of your best friends and you're talking about this interesting topic and then you realize like, oh God, this is going to be on the internet forever. And the bigger our podcast has grown, it's like, oh, this is getting listened to by a lot of people and you just become more and more mindful of how much you want of your life out there. Mm-hmm. Yes, absolutely. absolutely. When I was, we were talking like, I mean, I... I'm no longer in the entertainment industry and like I've cut, I mean, I've left social media and taken videos down and stuff like that. And 
don't deal with half the shit Taylor and Kelsey deal with. So it's like, I think we're all in that place of finding like what's going to work for us. And it's going to look completely different for each one of us. You know, that's what's so interesting. Like finding that, but I don't know. Mm -hmm. I love you guys. And I'm super proud of all of this and our relationship and what we built together. And the fact that I was saying, you know, the other day, like we've been in correspondence with each other several times a week for almost four years. That's kind of insane when you think about it, whether it's email chains, phone calls, texts, and like we're still here. And I think that's something to be very proud of because a lot of collaborations end for very, I'm going to (laughs) cry. I know. I know. I feel like I'm tearing up too. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe I'll just leave it there. I was going to say a lot of collaborations end for different reasons. And so this is different. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> oh my god. I wish I could hug you guys. Right now. I know. I was like, okay. I was doing so good. Four minutes. You were doing together. so good, Del. I just so yeah. I I feel like it's. I almost don't want to think about it too much. Yeah. Because it's too weird to think about. I feel like it's just gonna transition and happen. But I can't think too much about this. Oh, yeah, I'm gonna get emotional. Yeah. I can't think about yeah. it being like I the last. Really- it's just another one of the three of us. Yeah. Another episode. Another deal. Signing (laughs) off. (laughs) No, I know. That was, that was the whole episode for me where I was just like, just focus on the book. Everything's fine. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Yeah. 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 It was, you know, yeah, I'm really, I'm really, um, I'm very grateful that we got to do this together and that and it's not it's not again I'm not thinking about it that hard because I'm gonna I'm gonna come back on it like we're gonna we're gonna do another episode again like yes. it's not it's yeah just, yeah it's yeah. just not myself. every week anymore you know maybe it's yeah. like a couple months or something so it's you know it's fine yeah yeah everything's fine mm-hmm. everything's fine everything's totally fine I'm totally fine I'm not touching <laughs> my desk at all everything's good I got flowers next to me I'm looking at something pretty <laughs> Oh, you're snorting. Everything's okay. <laughs> Everything's in balance. <laughs> oh, I love you guys so much. Love I love too. everybody love listening. Too. And, uh, you know, very excited for the next uh, phase of self-helpless. I'm excited to start listening to the show. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Oh, so funny. Well, um, gosh, how do you end an episode like this? Um it's okay. It's not the it's not the end of the three yeah. of us. There will be more episodes with Tay. Right. Delaney mm-hmm. and I will continue to do the podcast every week. Everything's gonna be fine. Everything's yeah. gonna be fine. Don't worry, you guys. Stop crying about it. <laughs> Delaney, you have the, your shit together the most of any of us. So when you cry, it it feels worse than it is. It does. Yeah. It's like oh no, <laughs> oh no. <laughs> Like what happened? What did I do? I was doing so good. I was like, I was just making sure to breathe throughout the whole episode, and I just <laughs> crumbled towards the end. But I made it through for the, you know, the meat of it, if you will. Yeah. Delaney's yeah. like, oh my god, I have to do even more work. <laughs> oh. Oh. All right, guys. Well, uh, we love you, and we will talk to you next week. Yes. Bye. Bye. Thank you guys so much for listening to Self Helpless. We really appreciate it and would love anything you can do to help the show grow and get the word out. So if you could leave us a five-star rating and review on iTunes, that helps us move up the iTunes charts. If you can tell a friend, a coworker, a family member, anybody that you think would love the podcast, you can also screenshot an episode and share it in your Instagram, in your Instagram stories, anything helps. Also, if you want more of the show, if you want bonus episodes, if you want to be able to be more interactive and help choose podcast topics, you can go to patreon.com slash self-helpless and join there. You guys can follow me on Instagram at Kelsey Cook Comedy, on Twitter at Kelsey Cook. You can go to my website, KelseyCook.com, which has links to my online makeup course. You can listen to my album, Savor It, on Spotify and iTunes. And you can watch my foosball web series on YouTube called Risks of Fury. How about you guys? Where can people find you? You can follow me at Taylor Tomlinson on Instagram and Twitter. My website is ttomcomedy.com. 
and you can watch my one hour special streaming on Netflix right now called Quarter Life Crisis. Awesome. And you can find me at DelaneyFisher.com. That's where you'll find information about my one-to-one consulting and my online courses. So basically, if you're a business owner, podcaster, or comedian, uh, and you're looking to either start those things or grow those things, you can reach out to me for more information. I also have an email list at DelaneyFisher.com where I share my favorite tools, tips, treats, and free shit. And then we just want to say a big special thank you to our wonderful editor, Emma Erdbrink, and our fantastic associate producer, Humaira Nawaz. And you can find everything that we all just mentioned at selfhelplesspodcast.com.